Uh, we were singing these songs, and I was thinking about the message that was coming up today. And um, my mind really drifted to our Christian brothers and sisters who are in Ferguson, Missouri right now, and who are just waiting for um, the grand jury to, to speak and knowing that no matter what they say, their, their city, which is already filled with so much strife, is, is some, something else is going to happen. You know? And if you haven't been following the news since August, in August of this year, a man named Darren Wilson, he's a police officer, he fatally shot young man named Michael Brown, and in the months that followed, there have been so many conflicting perspectives on what happened and angry accusations going back and forth. There's been passionate protests. There's been vandalism and violence. There's been not just tears, but there's been tear gas, and there's been rioting and looting, and the city is just in a bad place. And I was preparing for today, and, and, I, and I was poking around their city's website, and I found their motto. Here's the motto of Ferguson, Missouri. Proud past. And then what? Promising future. You know, and you, you look at that, and you wonder, how did a city that had a vision like that, you know, how, how did they end up in the place that they are now? Well, it didn't happen overnight, and it didn't happen on August 9th, 2014. Like many cities, there's a lot going on, and it's complicated. If you've ever served in the city, it is complicated, and it's perplexing as far as what to do about it, and it's heart-wrenching, and it's emotionally charged, and cities are as politically explosive a place as you're ever going to find. And here we are, we're singing these songs. And I know enough of you to know you were singing this last one with sincerity. You know, I, I wrote down some of the words here in pencil in, in my notes. Surely this isn't how it should be, we were singing. Surely this is not how it should be. What's going on there and in cities across our nation? And then we sang this. We sang, I will live to carry your compassion, to love a world that's broken, to be your hands and feet. And then we sang this, I will give with the life that I've been given to go beyond religion so we could see the world be changed. Now, that's what we've been wrestling with in this series that started several weeks ago. What can we do? God, what would you have us to do right here in the northeast suburbs to live in a way that would shine your light? What could we do in a city like Juarez, Mexico? What could we do in our biggest city right here in Minneapolis? That's the... the Series. That's the questions that we've been wrestling with. There's a passage that we use to launch our series. Let's go back to it one more time. Uh, if you have your Bible, let's open up to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. I want to let you know, too, that we have Bibles that we'd love to, to give you. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love you to have one today. We keep a stack of them at that table over there and that table over there. They're for you. Please take one as a gift. Uh, the team was telling me that we were running short on Bibles again. Can I get a... That is awesome. Thank you for taking those Bibles. We are thrilled that you've been doing that. That is a supply that I love to see run low. I just don't want to run out. We want to make sure that we keep them out there. So thank you for taking those Bibles and, 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 uh, and taking us up on that offer. Here we go. It, these are the words of Jesus as recorded by an eyewitness, a man named Matthew, whose life was changed by the power of his name. Jesus said these words, you are 
the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus was a visionary. And he envisioned that his people could be like a light as an individual, a light that is on a lampstand, giving light to that area right around them. And it, his vision didn't stop there. He envisioned that when we got together, we could act in such a way that people would look at us together, are these communities of faith, and they would look at that, and it, his, it would be like a city on a hill that could not be hidden because of the things he was doing in our midst. And as I mentioned in this series, we've been pressing into this, especially the what can we do together piece. And we, we spent time saying, what could we do to, together here in the, in the northeast suburbs? We brought in uh, Becky and Adam Sebastian from Juarez, Mexico, from a children's home there. And we said, what could we do to help? How could we shine more brightly together in Juarez, Mexico? And today, we're going to press into what, what can we do in our largest city right here in Minnesota, Minneapolis, and we're going to focus in on the Powderhorn neighborhood. Now, plan A for today was to have Tim, Tim Anderson, share with us this morning. Most of you know Tim. If you're new to our church, Tim is our director of outreach and youth. He's also the director of a ministry called Ace in the City, the one that we're gathering the gifts for, and it's based in Powderhorn. Tim expressed a need to take a couple weeks off, and so we came up with plan B. Jill had an idea. We had seen a video and it's a great one. It's actually perfect for today. Uh, he's a covenant pastor in Chicago. His name is Wilfredo de Jesus. And the church that he leads is a covenant church, New Life Covenant. And it is shining like a city on a hill. Why do I say it's shining like a city on a hill? Because Time Magazine put this guy as one of their most hundred influential people in 2013. So let's watch the clip, what he's doing. He's got a, he's got a church right there in a city right there in Chicago. Let's listen to what he says, and then let's see if we can apply these things to our context here. Is God at work in the city? Yes! He's at work in cities all around the world through churches like this, through organizations like this. So what can we do to help? Well, there's all kinds of things that we could go off on with the couple <laughs> minutes we got left here, but I want to focus in on one of the nuggets, the thing about the farm. You know, here's, here's a question that is, as we wrap up this series, let's apply this not just to Powderhorn, but to the other, other places we've talked about. What's your farm? Have you offered it back to God? I wrote that in Shoreviewinian. Um, in Chicago, it would be different. He's go, you got a farm, give it up, right? Right? What's your farm? Everyone's got a farm. And, and obviously, you know this. We're not talking about a physical piece of property, although it may be that. Everybody has things that God's entrusted to you. You've got gifts, you've got talents, you've got abilities, you've got resources. Everybody has a farm or two or three or four. Are you willing to give it up? Because it's not yours. It came from God to begin with. In 2008, a young man named Tim Anderson stepped up. And he offered God a farm. He offered him his life his future. And as a result, in the Powderhorn neighborhood, 
There's an organization called Ace in the City. And then I had lunch with Tim's brother, Matt, a week ago or two weeks ago. And he was at the largest church in our state in a very comfortable job. He felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit. He stepped away from that and now is going to be planting a church in the Powderhorn neighborhood. It's going to be fun to see what God does with all that. And we're starting some discussions to see if you know, that would be something, that, that a partnership that might be down the road or something along those lines. Things happen when we give God what he already gave us. There's a reason why he gave it to us, right? Whatever he's given you, there's a reason why, maybe several reasons why he's given you what he's given you. Will you step up? Pastor Choco, he talked about releasing the, the, the laity. That's Christianese for the, the people who aren't the paid staff members at the church. But releasing them. We never had a hold on you. You're, from the beginning, you guys have been out there doing these things. And let's talk about Powderhorn because Powderhorn is shining brighter right now because of you. One of our members, he's the CEO of a company. He offered God the farm. And as a result, Ace in the City, their website, their branding, their marketing, that's a direct result of this person stepping up saying, here, God, here's what I have. How can you use it? ECC members have been at the epicenter of the Ace Benefit Dinner, organizing and decorating and mobilizing and gathering donations and giving. Ace members have played, or ECC members have played essential roles in the ACE back to school drives and Christmas toy drives. ECC members have served on the ACE leadership board. ECC members prepare meals and tutor kids and serve at ACE programs. Right now, in the Powderhorn neighborhood, ECC members play ball with kids on Saturdays. ECC members tutor kids in math and reading. ECC members are teaching kids about Jesus. There's a light in the Powderhorn neighborhood that is shining brighter because you are stepping up and saying, God, here's what I have. Could you use it? And throughout this series, we've seen that it's not just something we want to do in one neighborhood in one city. We had the Man Children's Home staff up here just last week. You know, I don't know if I've told this story yet. Do you know what two of our teenagers did when it comes to the home? Talk about offering up your farm. They had a garage sale, raised $200. That's a lot of money. Do you know what they did with that money? Brought it, said, can you give this to the children's home? ECC members are the number one sponsor of kids at the home. Together, we're providing crucial financial support. ECC members have come alongside the home. They've offered administrative gifts, leadership gifts, construction skills, teaching skills, dance skills, music skills, athletic skills, translation skills. Can suburbanites help in a city like Juarez? Yes. There are staff right now at the home who are former Minnesotan suburbanites. And there's a Dallas suburbanite who's now the director. Can we make a difference? Yes. If we offer up to God that which he first gave us. I was talking to Becky, um, the, the, the wife of the home's director, after the service, and I was talking to her, and she was telling me a story about uh, this last summer at the water park. You sponsored a water park, a uh, water park day for the kids at the home and, a, and, a, and food and everything, and many of you were there. 
Well, anyway, she's telling me the story of this kid. I forget which one it was, but she said, this little kid, he's in the line where you guys were serving the cheeseburgers and the chips and the drinks and all this kind of stuff. And he had just been on water slides and he'd been in the pool and everything, right? And now he's got a cheeseburger and he turns to Becky and says, this is the best day of my life. You did that. You did that. More accurately, God did that through you. Because he gave you everything to make that possible, and you just said yes to him. Emmanuel Children's Home is shining a little bit brighter in the Colonia Lopez Mateo neighborhood in Juarez, Mexico. And suburbanites are helping to make that happen. As together, we offer back to God that which he first gave us. You know, and all this needs to start right in our own neighborhood, and it has. Right here in the community center, this is my hometown. I live a mile and a half from here. I vote in that room where we have kids' church. These are my people. This is Shoreview, right? And my neighbors, every Sunday, have an opportunity to come here. And many of them do. And when they do, they hear amazing music filling these, these halls. And it's different than the music that's playing elsewhere in the building. I used to, one of the things that struck me when we first moved in here was uh, they had a spinning class that was happening right at the start of our service. And so right when our service is about to start, you've got hell's bells coming up from downstairs. And you've got the, the you know, our songs coming downstairs. And I just thought, how cool is that? It's only possible because gifted musicians, gifted sound technicians make it happen each and every Sunday. And I think about these slides that we see every This is not easy to pull off, to make them look beautiful and then to get them to time right. I, I go to conferences all over the place, you know, secular and, and sacred, and our team, I'll put them up against anybody in the state, even the people that got the multi-thousand dollar budgets, right? They give what they have, and they make this happen. And people that come, when my neighbors come, they are welcomed into a lobby. When my family comes, they're welcomed into a, a lobby, and there's delicious food to eat and hot coffee and hot cocoa, and it's on our dime, not theirs. And it's on our time when it comes to the preparation. And they see displays that look professional, and they see signs that are well-placed, and they're met by greeters that aren't greeting them because someone's paying them to greet them. You know, and when it comes to messages, those of us that are, have t that are part of the teaching thing, we, we do our best to bring messages that are biblically grounded and well-researched and easy to understand. And when we challenge people, and we challenge people, when we do, we do our absolute best to provide an invitation rather than a beatdown. Because the good news that my friends and neighbors need to hear isn't that we fall short. The good news is that we fall short and God wants to help. And on top of all of this, we've got an army of adults and teens who are caring for and pouring into our kids every Sunday. We've got a committed prayer team who will pray for you every week. We have visitors walking away. I got a free Bible. I got a free gift. And I had some great first impressions. And when it comes to the community center, we've talked about this before, we do our absolute best. If we're going to rent this facility and rent it in Jesus' name, then let's be the lowest maintenance, uh, best attitude, clean up after yourself, 
most affirming, encouraging group that they rent, period, because we should shine. We should be different than someone who's just doing something transactional, right? And so far, all of this is just Sundays. <laughs> Throughout the week, in neighborhoods around here, you're bringing what you have. And this community is shining brighter as a result. Every week, almost every week, we care for and disciple teens right down the road there at Gospel Hill Camp. We meet in homes. We meet around food. We play together. We pray together. We organize events. We bring meals to one another. We study the Bible together. We visit one another in the hospital. We figure out things like budgets and policies, and we strategize and vision and set goals. We, we, we take what God has given us, we bring it together, and as a result, there's a light that's shining brighter here in the northeast suburbs as we give what God's first given us and then he works in and through it. We haven't arrived, but I think we're getting closer to the vision that Jesus had when he said these words, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all of the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What if every one of us offered everything that God gave us first? He said, here it is. Let's pray to that end. You can just remain seated. Let's, let's pray. Father, we do pray to that end. We, we, we pray that you will first reveal that which you would have us to lay down before you. And we know that the answer is everything. But right now, God, what, what are the specific things that you would put in our minds and in our hearts, whether it's as an individual or corporately? God, we, we don't want to hold tightly to anything because it's there for a reason. I'm thinking of... Um, I'm thinking of the story when, we were, when I was reading with uh, Andra, with the, um, the Bible stories and manna, how when, when they tried to gather and hoard the manna, how it just would rot. God, we don't want to have stuff rotting. Lord, help us to, to let go and, and show us what that means and show us where and how. And then through the power of your spirit, give us the courage to walk that out as individuals, as a church, so that together we can shine more brightly and that people could see these good deeds and turn to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, a couple things as we're closing here. I want to say first and foremost, thanks for joining us here today and always. Um, if we haven't met, I would love to meet you. Come on up and say hi. I'd like to introduce get to know you better. Um, if you filled out a connection card um, or brought an offering, please remember to turn that in uh, there at the uh, mailbox. And if you'd like to pray with someone, look at that. They're already there. <laughs> they would love to pray with you about anything. And prayer works. It really does. God bless you. Have a great week.